This is Unplugged, part of the Great Big Beautiful podcast, where we have a little conversation, and then we do an interview, and we just kind of throw everything, uh, everything that kind of doesn't fit into our main show, we're going to put it here. So this week, we are talking Disney Infinity, and Jamie recorded an interview with Andy Robertson, and they talk all things Disney Infinity, their love for Disney Infinity, so that's cool. And then after, we have an interview with Jeff Bunker creative director at Disney Infinity. Forbes did an interview with him, and their title is Jeff Bunker, the man behind the Disney Infinity toy design. Fantastic interview. Without further ado, here's Andy and Jamie. Andy, thanks for taking the time to talk with us. We're just going to chat Disney Infinity for a few minutes here. Um, And I know... Uh, 3.0 has been out for a while, um, and I know you've done a lot of coverage on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just wondering, like, highlights, what can you say about what really makes it different from the previous two versions? I think, I mean, what struck me sort of off the bat was how they haven't just sort of rested on the fact, obviously, this is Star Wars year, and it would, it would, it would sell itself. They could have just taken what they had mm-hmm. off the shelf from 2.0, um, rebranded it, brought in the new characters, and I don't think anyone would have really minded or noticed. But they didn't do that. They brought in extra developers, Sumo Digital for one, um, who have really sort of upped the game in different departments. So mm-hmm. the um, the combat um, was really enhanced in terms of you know how how it flows. So it, you could always have quite free ranging combat already in um, in two point with Marvel. Mm-hmm. But with Ninja Theory's um, influence, um, it meant that they could bring their sort of AAA um, combat smarts to their playset. But then it doesn't just apply to that playset; it applies across the board in a similar way. Sumo Digital with their the racing um, toy box, toy box takeover, mm-hmm. uh, toy box raceway, um, that all that vehicle handling was improved. And again, that ha- that ha- then flows throughout the game, both in the playsets and in the toy right. box. So I was really impressed that they didn't just sit back. But sure. they, they went for broke, for broke, and they sort of took took a risk, I guess, and I think that's quite impressive considering what they could have done. Oh, absolutely. Um, like I said, I mean, you you've done a lot of of writing about this. You're very familiar with the games, and but you emphasize family gaming and gaming with the kids in, in a lot of what you write about. And I'm wondering how your kids rank the three incarnations of the game so far. As in Disney Infinity One, Two, and Three. Yeah. Well, I mean, kids are drawn to what's new. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're quite fickle like that, aren't they? <laughs> it seems um, to be that. That's... Yeah, but um, I mean, I think maybe this is one of the, the sort of slight gotchas with the game is that when you move on to, from one to two and from two to three, you can't then, unless you keep your old game, you yep. can't go back and play the old play sets. Yeah. Um, so I've still got, and I think our family still has a sort of a special place for the Pirates of the Caribbean play set in 1.0. Uh-huh. Just the sort of the... the, the um, the co-op play where one of you would steer the ship right. and one of you would do the cannons or you'd be running around on deck. Um, just some of the sort of the playfulness. Um, yeah. Studio Gobo who did that one in the first um, in the first game. And I thought that was really nice. And I know that many people have joined the sort of Disney Infinity Party since then and they don't have an easy way to go back and play that. And I'd right. quite like to see um, Disney Interactive support that to let you do that. As I understand it, you can, you can um, access all that stuff in the toy box but without the 1.0 game, mm-hmm. 
I don't think you can access the playset. Although can, they do can, change this with updates, so I might be out of date. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that you are because when we spoke to uh, Jeff Bunker, I asked him whether we would ever see a version of the game that had that backwards compatibility for the playsets, mm. whether you could have like a Infinity 4.0 when all of the playsets were playable and you didn't need to put in the disc for one or two or three. And he indicated that that's not likely. He, he didn't say, he, you know, he, he wouldn't say never, but he said that the the programming in the in they'd have to go back basically rip it all apart and and reassemble the entire game from the ground up and he didn't think that that was going to be likely but i'm wondering if that's to the franchise's detriment like you know once the game once the game moves on to the next version i mean the figures are going to be able to be playable in the toy box but you're not going to have any of those playsets yeah and the playsets are a big part of it aren't they absolutely so- the, the real danger, I think, is that a grandparent or someone who's not up with the game will hear that their offspring have got Disney right. Infinity and think, oh, great, there are these maybe cheaper play sets that I can buy for them and may well have happened on Christmas. And they open sure. them and actually then you realise without knowing the, the, the detailed ins and outs of how this game is put together, it's not supported. It was interesting with um, Lego Dimensions launching, they made a, quite a big deal about that, saying that in their game that mm-hmm. you wouldn't need compatibility matrix grids to work yeah. out what was compatible which is easy to say when you're in your first iteration you know sure disney infinity and skylanders would have said, said the same in their first game the challenge for lego dimensions is to make that true going forward yeah um, so we'll see if they if they manage it. yeah maybe if they have that plan from the beginning it'll be a little bit easier as they program the next games but yeah, yeah. i mean it would be nice to see a version of the game where you can get rid of your previous discs and you know you don't need to have everything sitting around if you want to go back and play the cars playset or something again you know yeah you... or even just a digital download right right exactly these games at a discount particularly because they know that you know if they know you own the new games then um then suddenly it's really good value and those play sets are, are available quite cheap mm-hmm. you know online yeah where secondhand or even new sometimes so i think there's there's some sort of hidden gems there that are in danger of getting sort of lost as we sweep forwards to oh yeah i mean next. i'm sure <laughs> a lot of kids and families have gotten 3.0 as their first game and, you know, there are the play sets in one and two are great. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. The toy box keeps getting better, but the play sets are still, I mean, if you've never played them, they're they're fantastic fun. And it's yeah. a shame that they're just getting lost. Yeah, like Lone Ranger is another one that we really like, mm-hmm. which was a 1.0 play set, wasn't it? Just the yeah. sort of the open out west bit and the riding on horses and the trains. Sure. and all sort of just My kids will just muck about in those spaces. Yeah. In the in the playset, they do they do the same in the toy box, but they'll often just load up a playset and just play tag together in the sort of the split screen. So yeah, yeah, I think yeah, there's some good value to be had. Well, I'd I like think... to see. Sorry, go on. No, go ahead. I think one thing I'd like to see Disney do going forward in thinking about what they might do next is to get a bit more articulation into their figures. I think with yeah. Lego Dimensions be, being proper Lego toys. And with Skylanders having their articulated vehicles that work properly as vehicles on the carpet, the Disney Infinity figures feel more and more like collectible static figurines that will sit on a shelf, not really toys to life. You know, they're mm-hmm. sort of collectibles to life. So, I'd like them. To, I'd like, and I, I kind of would hope and expect that they might do something quite interesting with their and figures. So, yeah, um, the next game we might be seeing something dramatic come to the figures. Yeah, because the figures haven't changed in the three versions. They're the same thing, like you said. They're just little plastic figurines that don't do much except stand there and they're fun for kids but i think as kids grow with the game they're going to expect those figures to do something more yeah and now that the other games do it too i think the yeah. expectation is 
it's sort of the bar's a bit higher sure. for what it means to be a Toys to Life game. Absolutely. Which you know, that, that, that sort of phrase is actually is an Activision trademark. It's that that's not necessarily Toys what Life. Disney would want to um, call their game. So we just <laughs> use that phrase because it's a funny sort of awkward combination, isn't it? It's hard to know what to call it, and there's not an easy yeah an easy name for it. So. It's becoming an entire niche market, you know. I mean, there, it's not. I mean, Skylanders started it, but then Disney jumped in, and now, now there's Lego, and who knows who's going to come next? But it's this entire genre of game now, and we don't really have a word to describe it yet, except yeah. for Toys to Life. And it gets quite broad as well because you have um, Anki Drive and Anki Overdrive. That's the, true. When you hear about them without playing them, it's like, well, is that really a video game? It's more of a toy, isn't it? And it's certainly more of a toy end. But like Anki Overdrive, you've got like King of the Hill, you've got um, battles and races, and you've got a fully voiced set of characters that you, in, you know, through a campaign, and you're upgrading your vehicle as you go. It's a bit of an RPG thing going on. So that re- I, I class that really as a, a Toys to Life game. And then you've got, stretching it further, you've got Playmation, um, mm-hmm. which is probably a more of a borderline, I think. The toy you have. Have you seen Playmation? I have, and I've tried yeah, so it out. I wouldn't really call that a video game, though. It's wearable tech yeah. for kids that enables some real-world play. It just it does use... it. The funny thing is, it feels like a video game to play. There aren't any screens, and there isn't so much video game progression. But when I talk to kids who've played it, they're like, oh, it's like playing a video game, but in real life. Um, and I yeah. think... I think, yeah, I'm interested to see, where, again, where they go. I think we're expecting Star Wars stuff from them sure. this year. So... I think they'll get more attention going forward. It's sort of been bubbling yeah, it's, away. It's not been out in the UK yet. so It's um, hard to judge it at this point because it's still so new and it still feels a lot like a prototype. You know, like, like yeah. the, the idea is there and there's certainly places for them to build and grow. Um, but it's hard to judge them right now whether it's going to be a success or not without knowing where it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, back to Infinity for a second. The uh, the Battlegrounds playset, which is going to be coming out this year, I think that was developed sort of in part as a reaction to fans wanting more replayability. Because I think w- one of the criticisms is that you finish a playset and kids don't really feel a need to go back and play that playset again. You know, they got the toys and the things for the toy box that they could get out of the playset. And then basically the game is just this open environment toy box once the playsets are done. So battlegrounds comes along and it's got four-player co-op which i think is intriguing um Mm. but i think you really have to be a fan of fighting games to like battlegrounds i saw what they showed at d23 and it looked really cool but i'm not really a big fan of fighting games so i'm not sure whether like i'm gonna like that game and i think that might be that might be true of other kids as well who may not necessarily like the fighting aspect yeah it reminded me of um smash brothers yeah i didn't see a load of it but that it's that sort of side-on Although you have, there is depth to it as well, isn't there? You're in a 3D space. It is in a 3D um, space, and you can crash down through the floor into another arena. I mean, it looks really cool. It looks, but it looks just like Smash Brothers with the Marvel figures from Infinity. You see, that's when it, if if they said, you know, when it comes out, well, actually, you can use all of your Disney Infinity characters. It's it's, it's all of There's the Marvel, so it goes back to 2.0, but it's just yeah. the Marvel figures. But it's just Marvel. But if if it was everything, much more like Smash, that would be all cool. These different brands, then suddenly that would be very interesting. Yeah. You know, to have whoever it was, you know, Andy, um, uh, Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, from, from you have Buzz Lightyear fighting, fighting Elsa or something. And that would be, yeah. that would be super cool. I mean, I would play that, you know. <laughs> so perhaps, that's, you know, perhaps they're testing the water. I, you know, I feel like they've got the art, they've got the move sets. It's just in that, in this sort of enabling yeah. you to do it. Um, yeah. and I think with the Battlegrounds, they're also re-releasing some of the 
Marvel characters, aren't they? They Which are. I think you can see yeah. two ways. I mean, I, uh, the Captain America. There's a new Captain America. It is. I think they're sort of pitching it as as a completely new character. But if you've already invested in your um, Captain America from 2.0, yeah. you don't necessarily want to then upgrade or buy a second one. I, I would prefer to see a bit more continuity. But it, that is one of the sort of the gotchas again in lots of um, Toys to Life games. Skylanders has had the same thing, yeah. which I think it's kind of stopping actually with its series. It used to do the series two, series three, series four. Of the same character. Reissues. Yeah. of um its characters where you'd have to rebuy a character to get all the best moves but yeah. this year they stopped doing that so they just did a complete sort of a rework character that wasn't an upgrade yeah so it, the hitting it right between value incentive to buy something but not the sort of devaluing the toy that children have already got and sort of love and keep in yeah. their pockets not feeling like you're getting tricky. ripped off by buying the same thing again yeah, I mean, I, there's no way answering these things. It's easy to sit sure. as a commentator <laughs> saying, oh, they shouldn't have done this or that. But I'm aware that whatever they do, there's going to be a downside. And it's just, as long as it feels like they've done right by the fans, and they communicate clearly yeah. you know, what you're going to get when, then I think families can make an informed decision. And that's the main thing. Sure. I, I mean, it's what's interesting is we were talking about the figures and... Again, I, I don't mean to be harping on the criticisms, but there are a lot of criticisms with these quote-unquote toys-to-life games. But one of the persistent criticisms of Infinity specifically is that they release these figures that are not non-playset characters. So they're only playable in the toy box. So with 3.0, we, you know, we got Mickey and Minnie and Spot from The Good Dinosaur, and there's a couple of figures coming out from Zootopia. And it's really cool to see those figures, and I think a lot of fans are excited about them, but... At the same time, there's not a whole lot you can do with them. I mean, you can play, you can run around the toy box and they've got weapons and stuff there. But it, it, and I understand that it's a lot more time and effort and money to invest in creating play sets. But I'm wondering if that's someplace else that they're likely to go with the game moving forward. Having something, having a more robust environment for all of these figures to run around in and, and interact. Yeah, maybe some sort of... A- some of the competitions, but I, I guess that is where their playset games come in, like the toy box takeover and the race. Yeah, because that you can you can I understand that you can use any character in that setting. But again, yeah. I think it comes down to communication. So I think currently with the packaging as it is, you have to read quite closely to see which figures have a playset associated with them and which figures don't. Mm-hmm. Which means I think particularly if you're buying it for a relative, uh, maybe a, a grandparent buying it for a grandchild. The danger is that you buy them a figure, and really, if they're not into the toy box, then it's going to have limited use. If they are into the toy box, then that's you know that's not an issue. But I think it would be nice to see a bit more um, sort of clearer packaging yeah. to say which is which. Yeah. Um, and maybe the ones which are just for the toy box be, could be a bit cheaper because I think at the minute they're priced at the same um, the same level. Mm-hmm. Whether whether it has the potential for a playset or not. Yeah, they're all the so, same price. Um. Yeah, although the playset figures, I guess, I think secondhand and as retail sort of ages, they um, they retain their value a bit higher. I think the, yeah. the toy box, the toy box only figures seem to be a bit cheaper. Certainly, well in the UK anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't really priced out the secondhand market for. Yeah, but I think it's that supporting those backward compatible characters is is a is a key driver going forward to keep keep a family on board with a particular brand and that's why i think skylanders have done very well is because every year they pretty much support every toy in their mm-hmm. in their sort of pantheon of toys yeah. um whether that is the um 
the figures themselves or the adventure playset type pieces in the Skylanders world. Or like last year we had traps and I, I, I suspected that this year they wouldn't use them. But again, this year in Skylanders, if you have a trap, it gives you a power up in your vehicle and they're very good at doing that. And I think Disney could do a bit more yeah. of some nice little touches. Whereas if you've got the old figures, then they, they'd come in. One thing they do do, which I like, is if you've got the old um, play sets from an older game and you put them on your Disney Infinity base, in the toy box, it automatically unlocks a whole load of toy box items for you to use. Mm-hmm. If you've seen that, which is a nice, one of the sort of the nice things, I think that they're they're intelligent about, yeah, you know, supporting what you've had in the past, and so you, you get those things for free. I'd like to see more of that. Little unsuspected, I think that's where you get good, like feel good, is when you bring a old figure in and it goes, oh, you can use this, and you've got this this sort of ability it gives you for free. Extra stuff, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's fair to say that the market is becoming a little bit saturated. Do you think? I mean, with with a new Skylanders every year and a new Infinity almost every year, Lego Dimensions launching. I mean, it's a little bit overwhelming if for people who who enjoy those kind of games and for parents of kids who enjoy those kind of games, it it can get a little bit pricey. I'm just wondering, do you have any insight or do you have any thoughts about like how much can the market and can consumers really support? Yeah, it feels like it isn't growing. The figures I've seen show that the market as a whole isn't growing massively. It was sort of created by um, Activision with Skylanders, and, it, and it's grown year on year. But the figures, I, you know, the figures I've seen, mm-hmm. that growth is kind of slows. And what happens is, as each competitor comes in, that just that pie is getting sliced up in different ways because there's only so much that you can right. do with it. I think Lego does break, does broaden that appeal because it's it's not only uh, it's not only a video game. It's obviously a physical toy, and anyone who's followed follows Lego is, is going to be keen on it. So that does expand things a bit. But, uh, you know, as a, as a family, I, my advice is that you need to pick which one you're going to play with and then, and then just focus on that one. To spread yourself too thinly, I think, means you don't get the best of any of them. I think yeah, you can't. To really enjoy them, you need to get that collecting bug um, mm-hmm. and save up pocket money to buy the old extra figure. Again, you know, get the place, get the starter pack and play that to death until you do too many upgrades so you've got full value out of that and you know what you want to do in terms of additional purchases but i can't imagine many families outside the sort of avid video game fans yeah who would buy across the different brands and i think that's it's just yeah you're on a hiding to nothing because you can't sustain that you can't i mean financially or just time wise nobody could really buy into all three of them and it's with new games coming out every year there's just yeah there's just not enough money and there's not enough time and uh i I hope i i enjoy the kind this kind of game and my kids do but my hope is that we sort of stop with these three brands. I mean, I'm intrigued by Lego. We haven't bought into it yet. We like Lego games, but I can't really justify another, you know, toy to life game. Yeah. Um, although I've heard fantastic things about it. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean I, they all have a lot going for them. Yeah, can, that's the I thing. I can talk about each one in turn and be quite enthusiastic about each of them. And yeah. I think, which, which is, the you know, I think it just depends what I think it depends what movies you're most attracted to. If you've got a, a huge sentimental attachment to things like Back to the Future or Doctor Who, mm-hmm. then the Lego one is going to be really popular. If you're, you know, a big Marvel fan, then obviously in Star Wars, then yeah. you've got Disney. Um, but with Skylanders, I really like the way that they're that they're independent characters. They don't come with a sort of corporate mm-hmm. um, sort of. They've not. They sort of escape that, like the sort of disnified buff or slender male, female binary sort of thing. They feel much more independent, sort of artisan created. So, if you if you're not into the Disney thing, then I think Skylanders is a good way to go yeah. too. So each of them have this have a different thing going for them. And they've all got incredible character design too. Yeah, 
So. Yeah, certainly. Quali- I think that's what Skylanders really did when it started. It set the bar mm-hmm. high to say, if you're going to do this, the, the figures have to be beautiful. And mm-hmm. when you have them in your hand, they have to be have that sort of tactile. You just want to keep holding them and play with them. And that seems to have been mirrored across the across the board. And uh, oh, we haven't mentioned Amiibo. You know, that's oh, that's, that's true. One. I totally forgot about um, that. And that's and again, that's really true. The Amiibos are beautiful. Um, yeah, and they're very varied. It's quite interesting. So the, I think the other what the other lines are, you know, really well realized. Uh, but they have their sort of style and they're, they're quite consistent. Whereas Amiibo, they take a particular franchise in the usually Nintendo, unless it's a partner one, um, and it, they, they will look different depending on. Which one? But the but the sort of the printing and the attention to detail is yeah. is great. Yeah, unfortunately though, Amiibo I think suffers from the rarity that they've built into the figures, and that it's impossible for just a casual gamer to to go get all the characters or get the figures that they really want because some of them are just impossible to get at this point. Yeah, and Nintendo do seem to like their sort of sold out headlines. Ever yeah. since we, you know, had that whenever yeah. it was probably long, longer than I, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But they, you know, they are working to get better supply. Um, but if you're not tracking it, then the figures you want may mm-hmm. well sort of have got past you by before you've realised that they're there. Exactly. Um, but they, I do like the way that they work multiple games. And so, you know, if, as long as if you buy any Mario character, then any of the figure, any of the games that support a Mario amiibo will let you use that Mario mm-hmm. figure. Yeah. In. That's the nice thing. Is form, which is nice. So that sort of opens it up a bit. So if you miss one Mario, you could buy the next one, and you still. Yeah. You can still go back and use it in Mario Party or... Yeah, and it's Mario. different types of games that are using the figures too. It's not just, you know, they're all the Skylanders games or it's all the, just the Infinity Playset games, but like the Amiibo has branched out into being... You can use them in Smash Brothers, you can use them in Super Mario Brothers, you can use it in, you know, I don't even know what else because I don't have a Wii U, but like, yeah, you know... there's lots. I mean, it's, it's a lot of games. Imagine as you, as you do more of it. Yeah. Um, and course, they're, they're stretching that further, of course, with the Amiibo cards, which again are... Uh, a quite a big ask <laughs> because there's a hundred of them um and they're on to see series two already so that's 200 and that's buy them lot. buy that's them in threes for a, i guess it's about five dollars or something it's a lot but so again but with all these things i think if you dip into them and you really you, ch- you spend some time choosing what you're going to get mm-hmm. spend a, a, a small amount of money getting what you want and then play that to death and then you know what what else you want the, the, the thing you shouldn't do i think is to go in and Spend too much money before you know what you're getting. Yeah. Great advice. Good, good <laughs> advice. Um, Andy, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Well, I know you're kind of all over the place online <laughs> these days, so uh, tell people where they can find you. Well, yeah, sometimes I'm popping up on Geek Dad. There you go. You. <laughs> um, uh, but sort of my main project that's sort of grown the most, I guess, is the YouTube channel. That's Family Gamer TV, and that's where we've done the most... Um, toys to life stuff so we usually try and keep on top of the news and get real families to test out this stuff rather than sort of youtube celebrities <laughs> trying mm-hmm. to keep it real so we're always always interested to hear comments and welcome new viewers there andy thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today this has been good um hopefully uh, we'll have some good gaming ahead of us yeah that sounds cool that was andy and jamie talking disney infinity 3 I hope you enjoyed that little conversation. Next up, we talked to Jeff Bunker, creative director of Disney Infinity. All the figures that you see. Hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Great, Jeff. Thank you so much for uh, for talking with us today. This is this is great. We're really happy to have you. Um, I know that you are art director there at Avalanche, and you've been involved with uh, Disney Infinity since 
well before the beginning i think um but can you briefly That's describe exactly right. <laughs> could you just briefly describe uh your role at this point uh my role at this point is just trying to take all the different properties that Disney has under its umbrella, you know, whether that's Lucas, Marvel, uh, Bruckheimer, Pixar, Disney animation, you know, just there's so many different stories and characters, whether it be animation or live action, and, and try to make it so it makes sense in one universe. And so it's kind of my job to make sure that the, the uh, figures uh, and the, uh, the in-game play sets and toy box that they all look like uh, they belong together. And this is just uh, one unified brand. Right. Uh, when you design figures um, and characters in, in game um, based on films that haven't been released yet or properties that haven't been released yet, like the good dinosaur or Zootopia, how much concept art are you guys given to go by? Uh, we're 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 giving a great deal of concept art, but uh, that's its own challenge. I mean, yeah. the the good dinosaur is a good example of that. Where we started working on that fairly early and started to get some uh, some headway on that, and actually had a uh, a spot designed and and working on uh, the pose for the figure, and then the director changed. <laughs> and when the director changed, then the 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 look of Spot changed slightly, and and some of the, you know like we were initially we had uh, part of the part of the film they had Spot had a, a fetch stick, you know like a, a dog would have. Right. So we we actually had that designed into the uh, into the figure, and there was leaves in his hair and stuff like that. And then when uh, Pete came in as the uh, the director suddenly we had to react to his uh, subtle changes and, and uh, even the personality of, of uh, spot changed a little bit. And so uh, it, it's something that we're used to now that, that uh, we understand that those, you know, those stories are going to change over time and we have to be ready to react to that as quickly as possible. And, um, to obviously to make the filmmakers happy, but more importantly, to be authentic to the character that the fans are eventually going to see. Right. So I'm I'm assuming though that beyond just concept art and and drawings, um, you're 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 given some sort of access to the films as they're during during development, so you can see how they move and, and interact with other characters, so you can mimic that that feel and that look uh, in the game. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's one of the as a double-edged sword, it's it's super cool that we get to see these things really early, but on the other hand, it kind of ruins the uh, the final movie for us. Yeah. We've uh, we've been experiencing it for so long, but um, yeah, we we get to uh, we generally come in on the animated films when it's uh, when it's all storyboards. There's no there's no animation yet to look at. We're just getting an idea of of what the story is so we can start to understand what, like if we're doing a play set, what our story ought to be, you know, and, and uh, as you know, or maybe you don't know, but we typically don't try, we'd rather not tell the story of the film. Right. 
we'd rather do something like a prequel or, or a midquel, you know, or yeah. you know something that uh, that uh, allows us a little bit more freedom than just going along the the plot of the of the film. Yeah. So they let us in very early uh, just to get our heads around that and uh, explore our, what our options are. Um. I, I hesitate to ask, but does that early access to the films um, also translate over to The Force Awakens? Uh, that it, it does translate, but not necessarily in the, you know, in the same way they, they um, well, I, I will say <laughs> that uh, I've, I'll tell you this. Yeah, I've not seen the film. Okay, that's but, kind of uh, what I was so, asking. So, <laughs> yeah, we were not given we were not given access to the film because, and that is that I was going to get into that is that that is disadvantage to live action is that they are on a totally different schedule than than an animated film where they may have have boards up for us to look at three years before the film comes out. Live action, they're they're still working on stuff. Yeah. Uh, within the you know we're we're generally right on top of them when we're doing a live action. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, so we never um, uh, we we are able to get story points obviously and locations and that type of thing, but uh, uh, we were uh, yeah we never were able to see any of the film. <laughs> well, good. At least it's that one's not ruined for you. <laughs> yep, it's not. It's, it's definitely not. I'm uh, I'm super excited to see that. So Splat from the Good Dinosaur will be a playable character in the toy box, and w am I correct? There won't be a playset for him. Yeah, there won't be a playset. We uh, it's it's one of those things that we always have to be concerned about the uh, just how gameable a property is, and and the Good Dinosaur is a perfect example of of one that we love the uh, the characters and and. Uh, really wanted to do something bigger but they it really doesn't lend itself to the type of game mechanics that uh, we have in, in uh, infinity so we uh still wanting to but but loving the characters and wanting to find a place for them uh spot obviously he works well for us in the in the toy box mm -hmm. just like the rest of our avatars but uh arlo the the main character the the dinosaur um, it just, he, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to do rail slides and ledge hangs and you know, mm -hmm. uh, any of the things that you'd, uh, typically be able to do with a, an avatar. So, uh, we really were, we we're, uh, trying to figure out how to somehow get him in. Yeah. And, uh, really the only thing that made sense in, in our ecosystem was the mounts. So we, uh, talked to the makers about that and asked how they would feel about it because up to this point we've never had a speaking mount they've always been you know like bullseye or right or uh any of those types of uh mounts and and uh they agreed that they they wanted to get him into the game and and uh, that would work in this case because you know you'll see uh, shots from the film where where Spot actually rides on right. Arlo, so okay. it, it fits in the in the uh, in the context of what, how those uh, those characters work together. So we uh, we started working on Arlo as a mount, and then the the, the other fun thing about uh, you know what I talked about earlier 
that the uh, the film changed quite a bit. The T Rexes weren't in the original story at all. So the, the three T Rexes that we added to our cast or to our, our roster that came into Infinity, they didn't come into the very last minute because the the film changed on us. Hmm. And so we were uh, we. Uh, definitely run into the finish line to try to include them at the last minute we're, we're really excited we got them in too because they're yeah. they're uh they're by far the the biggest mounts we've we have in the toy box they're just a blast to and they, and they just and play look with. really cool too yeah yeah they're, they're they're really fun personalities yeah um the new hulkbuster figure is one of the biggest i don't know if it's the biggest but it's one of the biggest figures that you guys have produced for the game um, and I know that you're confined um, into how, as to how big they can be by the size of the packaging so that they'll still fit on the pegs in the stores. Um, yeah, exactly. But have there been any sculpts for any of the bigger figures, you know, like Venom or Hulk, um, that you've preferred, but you just had to abandon them because they were just simply too big? Yes, we have had, we've had a number of poses that, uh, that we preferred, uh, but uh, we've had to... And, and, I, and I'll, I'll say that initially we preferred, but uh, we definitely get to a place where, you know, it's, uh, yeah, we, we initially we were more excited about another pose, mm-hmm, but right. by the time we, we keep on dialing it in and doing paint over and paint over and, and iteration after iteration, uh, the the B pose that we you know ended up being the final pose ends up getting back to the point that the 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 A pose was you know started at yeah you know what I mean yeah do you think that you'll ever decide to make an oversized figure that does require different packaging man that's uh, <laughs> as a as an artist that's uh, we talk about that all the time yeah <laughs> <laughs> I would I would love to. Uh, I'd love to get some uh, some uh, bigger characters out there. We, you know, we we have a 3D printer here, and so some we have a, some prints that are are uh, quite a bit bigger than than the IGPs, and they uh, the our aesthetic holds up pretty well. Yeah, at, at bigger. So I'd I'd love to to do that someday. Yeah. Who who would you who would it be? I mean, it's got to be one of the really big ones. <laughs> yeah. Well. Like yeah, I'd love to, it's got to be Galactus. Well, you brought you you brought up Hulkbuster. I mean, he just he would uh, yeah he'd be awesome and Venom and yeah all all those big guys. They just yeah, yeah even uh, going back to uh, Baymax and um, he would be a lot of fun to do too. Yeah. So when you're deciding a particular pose for uh, different characters. Um, like for example, ones like the Marvel characters, where they have decades of different costumes and designs and looks and feels. How do you go about choosing what type of pose that you want for the character? Well, we obviously we are working very closely with the filmmakers, or like in the case of Marvel, with uh, those writers and the, the artists, and, and even you know. Uh, Joe Sada and Bill Roseman and you know just working with these guys to to get their input on who they think we ought to um, be taking our characters from and, and you know so we we're always given 
a target, you know, in the case of uh, the um, like Spider-Man playset, you know, we we based off based uh, our our vision of that off of the uh, TV series. Same thing with the uh, Avengers Assembled TV series for the Avengers, and uh, so that that gives us a very clear target, and that also allows us to. Uh, especially with Marvel, it's, it's very fun because we wanted to do more of a classic comic book version right. of the, the, the Avenger characters, but that allows us to also explore later to, to do the film versions. Like you're, you're, um, like you're going to, you know, see with the, uh, uh, Captain America. So uh, you mentioned Captain America and he's the first character to get two separate figures. Um, do you think that that's going to happen again? I mean, is that something that you guys have on the table? Like, might we see like a Jedi Luke or an Alec Guinness Obi Wan, or you know, just like a, another Marvel superhero, but just in a different costume? Th- those are those are all possibilities, just because uh, of what I was talking about. That that uh, over time, different characters will become different, would become relevant in different films and right. different uh, media, even, and so. Uh, and Captain America is a perfect example of that, where I think that uh, I was really happy with the comic book version that we did initially of Captain America, but that looks completely different than the uh, Captain America. I don't feel I don't feel like it's a um, at all like it's a money grab, the storm repos or something. Like that. It, it's it's uh, two very relevant but different uh, versions of Captain America. Yeah. Um, some of the character designs for the, the figures that you've got in the game, I'm thinking, you know, such as the, the inside out emotions, the, the regular quote unquote regular, the, the designs that we see on film already fit pretty much within that, you know, Disney infinity aesthetic. Um, but I know other ones, other characters, have had to go through a bit of a redesign and I'm just wondering which of the characters that you thought were, you know, the most difficult to adapt to that infinity look. The, uh, live action is always more challenging. Like I said, the, the inside out is a good example of where it's actually a little bit frustrating when they already are so close to our style that we're, we're, we're fighting, we're fighting, trying to find, something that more makes it more clearly our you know our character or our our version of the character i should say and um but uh the live action we have to go through uh quite the process of you know first of all finding a, a likeness that is uh it's a likeness but it's clearly not trying to be that guy you know, we're not we're not trying for uh, reality, and uh, so it's it's finding a nice appealing caricature of, of that that person, and uh, and then after finding the the uh, that appeal, then finding the the uh, toy aesthetic, and I, I must say, it is getting easier because when you've since they all have to fit in the same universe together. Now that we've created so many characters, it's kind of hard to find somebody that that new character is not like. You know, right. it's it's there's there's always somebody similar, and so we have some 
kind of a template set up in, in a way that uh, that easier. But on the other hand, every one of these characters is, you know, there's there's a um, it's 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 uh, it sounds really hoity-toity and <laughs> artsy fartsy or whatever you say, mm-hmm. but it there's a there's an art to it that uh, we want these to be like a sculpture and sure. there's rhythms and patterns that you're finding that are unique to each character and so uh, there are some some templates but uh, in the end it it's uh, whatever is required by that specific character. Yeah. Well, what's amazing is that you're—I don't know if you've passed a hundred yet or not—but you're you're very close to a hundred different characters in the game, hundred different figures, and each one is incredibly unique. So, and I mean, I think that a lot of people, I think that a lot of people buy them just for the figures, and maybe you don't even play the game, um, just because they have such a such a, a beauty to them. And that you're, you're right. I mean, they're they're more than just game in addition to a game and they're more it's like an action figure like a lot of people collect them as little pieces of art because they're so so you know so well designed i appreciate that you saying that because that's that was my goal at the outset is that i i uh, i'm a game guy yeah and i've been making games 20, you know for almost 20 years and and uh and only making uh, these figures for the last you know three years yeah but i i but i I, I did want the figures to be be able to stand on their own, that they'd be worth buying without the game. Sure. And uh, then on the other hand, uh, I want the game to be worth playing without the figures. So <laughs> That's it, right. It, it goes both ways. You know? It's like you're traveling two roads at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a fun road to go down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know in it, before 3.0 came out that there was some talk about uh, potentially adding vehicles to the game, um, and I know that that was eventually dropped because uh, you all thought that it, just, it, it couldn't be done right, and if you couldn't do it right, you didn't want to do it at all. Um, but yes. I'm curious, now that you know LEGO Dimensions has added vehicles, playable vehicles into the game that come with uh, the figures, do you think that you might revisit that? I still think that uh, both both uh, Lego and, and Skylanders they're they're more they're they're more toys mm-hmm. and and ours are more collector figures uh, and, you know they're still toys and I, I we definitely want them to be durable and and so that uh, kids can play with them off the reader you know and, and set up their own little yeah you know uh, in fact my my son does it quite often where yeah. i'll see him playing with them just like r- regular action figures so do mine <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um they uh it, it's less about their function and more about their appeal on the shelf and there are definitely car- there are vehicles that are are like that in, in you know clearly in in the um in the Star Wars universe, you know those uh, those vehicles are they're practically characters. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it it just like you were saying, if we were going to do it, it needed to be something that was we extended and that it became part of the system for forever. And um, it seemed seemed to be appropriate for for. Uh, 
for Star Wars, but maybe not so much for most of. It's, it's always hard to find a yeah. a um, a uh, a vehicle a for Inside Out or a Pixar. Yeah, yeah. 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 It just it doesn't uh, really make sense. So uh, we we'd only want to do it if we could make it so that it brought value to to the consumer over over the you know over. Mm-hmm of infinity for as, as right. many versions as we're doing right so the first game had 29 figures uh 2.0 had 32 and 3.0 has already released around 37 um can you give us a hint about how many more are coming <laughs> uh i think that i i think that uh, i can just say it's going to be a steady pace i mean i think you've uh i think we're we're um Yeah, I, I think that's about all I can really say. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> we have to try that, to get the exclusive, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, uh, I, I think that uh, we're not going to disappoint. Excellent. Well, 3 also brought five new playsets, which is more than either the pre- two previous. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, can we look forward to any more? Or, I mean, is, is five, I mean, five's a lot for, for one game. I mean, is that sort of going to be it for the, in terms of play sets for this, for this version? Uh, the, um, what can I say there? I, I think, <laughs> I, I think that even, even in terms of play sets, I think that you're going to see that, uh, there's going to be a pattern that evolves that uh, obviously we're going to the um, the big properties like uh, you know Marvel and Star Wars those big splashes we've we've uh, we've had those and so I think that you're going to see a much more consistent offering over time and uh, but but uh, there's definitely more plans for more play sets and, and uh, more toy box features and, and more characters. So I think the, the ecosystem is just, it's going to be the same. It's just, and it's going to be uh, very consistent. Fair enough. Um, when you, when you sit down to decide on, you know, this, the next place that we're going to do or the next character we're going to add, do you have like, posted on a wall or just in your mind somewhere do you have like a, a list of all the characters that you want to get added to the game and you just sort of move your way through that list or you know when you come up like when you're sitting down to play and okay let's start thinking about 4.0 does disney come to you with a, a list of characters that that they say we need to include these figures or we hold off on these figures because we have plans for that so we have uh we have just really good relationships with all the different uh um, different brands within uh, within Disney, with, mm-hmm. so it's they're very personal relationships with with uh, the guys at the Pixar, Marvel, Lucas, and and uh, so they're just ongoing discussions of of what we would like to do, what they would like us to support, and uh, it's very organic. It's uh, it's it's not like a uh, a list we're going down and checking them off. It's mm-hmm. just, it's more, uh, numerous discussions of what's best for infinity and what's best for their brands. Yeah. Um, 
I, I I like I think it's cool that you guys have added uh, Peter Pan based on the it was the results of the you know feedback you got in the competition I think from this year's Toy Box Summit, um, and I know that you are well aware that there is massive fan support for certain characters out there. Um, is that something that you guys want to do more of? You know, listening to who which characters the fans really want to get in the game and just sort of making a concerted effort to do that. You know, the truth is is that that we've done that all along. Yeah. We just didn't, uh, we just didn't, uh, I guess, make it as visible as we have on this, uh, this fan choice with mm-hmm. Peter Pan, which by the way, I, I love doing. And yeah. it's, it's been, uh, I think, I think the, um, I'll be really, uh, excited to, to, uh, show that process a little bit more when, uh, when it's time. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think the fans will be impressed with how much it's more than just a fan choice. I mean, I am taking feedback even on the development for the, uh, uh, from the fans. So, uh, and, and like I, like I started with, I think the, the, uh, the number one driver of our list of characters we're working on is, is, uh, the forms and the, uh, the, uh, feedback from the fans that we're getting we we really care to uh to make them happy if we're if we're engaging the community uh that's where that's where the magic happens that's where the excitement you know we we get uh advocates and champions of uh for infinity outside of our walls and and uh so it's it's just really important to us that uh that we're making them happy what you're saying is that those of us who really want to see a dark duck figure just need to be a little bit louder. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you, I don't know if you can get much louder. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I, I'm well, hearing it loud and clear. Apparently team Peter Pan was louder than team Darkwing, So I don't know. <laughs> exactly. See, there you go. It wasn't our, you guys, the fans made the choice. So. That's right. <laughs> So I know we're coming close to the but, end. Uh, oh, there's there's definitely um, uh, I, I think there's going to be much more of that happening in the future. That's, That's good awesome. to hear. So I know we're coming up close to the end here, and I just wanted to ask you quick: if you had free reign to have make any one character or franchise slash film, just personally yourself, what would you pick to be added? That might be a loaded question, but. <laughs> Oh man, you know, my favorite films are already. I'll, I'll say, like, my my very probably my favorite film within Disney is probably The Incredibles. So, the fact that we've already got them in, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I'll, I'll say uh, I'm a, I'm a closet fan of uh of uh, of uh emperor's new groove <laughs> i uh i really love the cronk character and yzma and the, i love the, de- the character design yeah so uh, just aesthetically i would uh, I'd love to do those characters and, um yeah I'll, uh, Excellent. I'll, I'll leave it i'll leave it them Good I'll, I'll I'm, I'm gonna throw my vote in for gargoyles i think we need to see the gargoyles in the game too <laughs> Oh yes, of course. 
Um, and That'd be awesome. That would be incredibly cool. Um, one last question before we let you go is, uh, do you think a future game, you know, 4.0 or however, you know, into the future, um, might be reverse compatible with all the play sets from the previous games? So you'd be able to use them all in one game? Man, that is, I would so love that to be the case. Um, I think it's, uh, the problem is, is that we are evolving our tech in a way that, that makes, especially as we're getting new consoles and that type of thing, that we're leaving some of the, uh, the old tech obsolete. So there's, there's a lot of development that would go into making that happen. And I'm certainly, I, I'm, I'm not going to ever say never, right. but it's, a, it's certainly a challenge. Right. All right. Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. This has been amazing. Well, I, it's been a pleasure for me. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Thanks. You've been listening to Unplugged here at the Great Big Beautiful Podcast, our side episode. And we're going to just kind of do it like a round table and maybe an interview at the end. Uh, if you have any the topic discussions, let us know. You can find us on Facebook at the GBB Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the GBB Podcast. I'm at 140JustinC. And Jamie is at the Roarbots. We love hearing from you guys. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing. We love you. We'll see you next week on the big show. Great big beautiful podcast. Have a great week. This podcast has been a production of the Geek Dad Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this content, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash geekdad. Oh,